0: This is a podcast by well House Church, where certain things are fixed, the essentials of faith, and the best beer is served on tap, while everything else is just a matter of perspective. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Pints and Perspectives. I am excited to be joined by a- another new guest, hey. a longtime friend and fellow theologian. Named Adam Cheney.
1: What up? What up? What up? What up? Happy to be here.
0: Yep, appreciate it.
1: This is not a pint.
0: It's not. It's <laughs> not.
1: You know. Um, but I do have a lot of perspectives.
0: Yeah. So, <laughs> funny story. We were actually going to call this podcast a dram of doctrine,
1: which is just so brilliant. Yeah. Nobody knows what a dram is.
0: Yeah. So that's the thing. Nobody knows what a dram is. Which a dram is a pour of spirits. Right. Um. And the only reason we didn't do it is because nobody knows what a dram is, and number two, we didn't want people seeing us take multiple drams. Oh, on right, one so pint versus one pint, versus, yeah, several pours, <laughs> uh, several drams. Oh, so goodness. didn't happen. But pints and perspectives I came around because theology on tap was already taken.
1: Oh, that's brilliant too.
0: And Pints and Perspectives gave me the Baptist alliteration feel. Yeah, you gotta alliterate. Yeah. And I think
1: the people appreciate the alliteration. Comment below. Do you appreciate the alliteration? Yes, great
0: question. Let us know. Um, and we've been able to do some really cool stuff with the names of all the podcasts. So we're as we go about we're and editing and all those things, we're building a list of things that we would that we want to turn into merch. Okay. Okay. For the podcast Dang as it. as they hit their marks that they each need to hit, we're going to launch merch lines for each of the podcasts. Love it. And I'm Pints and Perspectives merch. uh it got hit with this great line from Clayton. Okay, Clayton. Um shout out to Clayton. Respect Perspectives.
1: Oh, brilliant. And so
0: it's just it's going to turn into this great like merch line okay. just everybody We'll be walking around with respect perspectives things.
1: All right. I'm down. I'll pre-order now. Yeah.
0: So, anyways, so Adam's with us. He's currently the director of development at our partner organization, Elijah Rising. Indeed. Who is fighting to end sex trafficking.
1: Through prayer awareness, intervention, and restoration.
0: Yep. Uh, but in a past life, yes, Adam was actually a theologian.
1: Oh, I I am still a theologian. I thought you were about to say in a past life, Adam was a pastor. Well, uh, you
0: were, and I do think this is this is a a, th- a, a thing for me. Um, you know, I heard um, on the Flagrant Two podcast, mm-hmm. uh, Alex Schultz say that we've got to redefine. We've got to stop defining content as the best content being on television. Oh, sure. Because there are so many avenues now. We've got to redefine what a theologian is. Okay. Because technically...
1: Everybody's a theologian.
0: Yes. Yeah. If you if you will stand here and tell me that Jesus is white with blonde hair, That's or a, yeah. if Jesus is a short Middle Eastern man with yeah. a beard... Uh, you've just made yourself a theologian
1: Well, because you made
0: a comment about God.
1: Everybody has an idea of God. Even if you believe there is no God, that's a theological statement. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, absolutely. So so everybody who's even contemplated God and yeah, found man. some way to construct and communicate that is a theologian.
1: Everybody's a theologian. Some of us are just more trained than others. That's
0: right. So in uh, his past life, he got two theology degrees. Uh, yes, So and he actually this is a funny story. Adam is a few years older than me, and when we met, I was not 21 yet.
1: Okay. And that's right. I remember
0: this. I actually turned 21 when Adam and I were at an event together out of town. In
1: Abilene, Texas.
0: Abilene, Texas. That it's like the most dry community ever.
1: Yeah, we couldn't find... We couldn't oh, find a is,
0: bar open for me to have a beer on like my 20...
1: At like 9 p.m. It was like yeah. 9 p.m. on, a think, a Friday, even. or Yeah, maybe it was, it was a Thursday. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think it was a Thursday, and we came home on a Friday. Dude,
1: you're so right. I had forgotten about this. We went to Abilene, Texas. You turned 21, and we had no fun. <laughs> no fun at all. That's right.
0: We're, we're at this conference. Adam and I are both getting awards yeah, for our work in ethics. In ethics,
1: that's right, yeah. We're getting awards for we our- We were contra- young T.B. Mastin scholars. scholars in ethics. That's what it was. Thank you, Ben Blackwell, for the yeah. nomination.
0: So we're getting we're getting these awards in ethics, and we get freed up at like 9 o'clock on a Thursday <sighs> night. On your 21st birthday. On my 21st birthday, and we cannot find a place well, to here's get a beer. here's to
1: redeeming that, yes. Cullen. cheers. Cheers it's in perspectives so cans and candor (laughs) that's right
0: (laughs) so as the tradition goes i am drinking a saint arnold's ipa called the art car how holy
1: of you yes such a pastor i'm drinking a hopadillo by carbach which is also originally a houston brewery Uh, i mean it's still here it's still houston brewery it's just uh not locally owned anymore yeah, unfortunately, unfortunately, but it's still a great IPA.
0: Yep, and they promote recycling, which I really appreciate. Even better. Yeah, so they have a great slogan on their cans. Uh, go look it up. I won't say it because it'll make me put the podcast on explicit.
1: Oh, oh, explicit. Anyways, oh yeah, I see it yeah. now. Okay, <laughs> moving on. Darn it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so, anyways, Adam is definitely more than qualified to have this conversation with uh-oh. me today. But we are going to be talking about pneumatology. All right. And if you don't know...
1: The study of pneumonia.
0: Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Pneuma is the Greek word for spirit yeah. or wind or breath. There's a lot of things we can do theologically with that.
1: Pneumatic things. Yeah. So think about air, air, pneumatic tools. Yep.
0: Um, so pneumatology is the study of the spirit. Yes. Yes. And Adam has a long history of being fascinated with Mm -hmm. pneumatology.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I made it my research emphasis in both my undergraduate and my graduate degree uh, programs. Almost every course I took, I tried to, in some way, uh, convert it into a pneumatology. You know, tried to make that a a piece of the project. Yep. Um, Definitely an interest of mine. Uh, has been for a long time. Still is. I must admit. Um, so yeah, excited to have the conversation. I don't know where it's going, but let's do this.
0: Hey, I don't even know where it's going. So <laughs> we'll we'll figure it out. I think so. For me, it's pretty easy to spot the Holy Spirit in the New Testament.
1: Yeah, for sure. Everywhere. Yeah.
0: Well, I think let me let me start here. We we brought this up, and I'm looking. Yeah, it's over there on the bookshelf. Um, mm-hmm. We brought this up in our series on the creeds, or on the Trinity, the book The Shack. We were in a class together where we had to read The Shack.
1: Yeah, again, shout out Ben Blackwell.
0: Yep, uh, who has been on this podcast. Yay. Um, We had to read that. And so in your understanding, for the metaphorical purposes of Jung, is the ethereal Asian woman as (laughs) the spirit is portrayed in The Shack. Yeah. Do you think that's a fair representation for the metaphor?
1: Oh wow! Um, I think William Paul Young makes an interesting choice in choosing a an an Asian uh, descent individual. Um, why I, I don't really get that piece. I, I don't know why she was Asian. I get the feminine though um the spirit is um and some of these might be gender norms or whatever but like the spirit is nurturing the spirit is comforting uh the spirit uh is life
0: it's also gender neutral in both languages
1: that's true too right um which is odd yeah very much it doesn't go all the way feminine and when you say both languages i'm assuming you mean the greek and the hebrew the hebrew ruach is the um the hebrew term that's you know, uh, for spirit, but also wind and breath. Um, So, but I do get the feminine that he's doing there because of the role that the spirit plays, specifically in the New Testament pneumatology of being this comforter, this nurturer, uh, and specifically the life giver, right? Uh, There is no life without spirit. This is why these terms, ruach and pneuma, um, are not only spirit, but wind and breath. Mm -hmm. Show me something that's alive that isn't filled with breath. Right. Right. Um, So I think it's a good choice. Um, I think it was really difficult to convert to the the big screen. Yeah. 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 The movie's not very good. Uh, But in the book, absolutely. I mean, it's been a while since I've read the book, but. um,
0: Well, I think there are two pieces there. So for me, the Asian piece, I actually really like, I'm not saying that it's 100% accurate or, or that kind of thing. But if you remember, Jesus is a a middle-aged Mediterranean Uh, man.
1: Mediterranean carpenter. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, He's like in his boat shed making stuff. On the nose. Yeah.
0: The father Um, is Papa. It's a, a large black woman.
1: Black woman called Papa.
0: Yeah. So definitely breaking down any kind of construction, that prototype, stereotype that we would have of God. Which I
1: love. Because and then, yeah, we don't know.
0: We have the ethereal Asian woman who yeah. ends up being the spirit, which means we've covered three different
1: oh, yeah, ethnicities,
0: ethnicities, race lines, cultures. Like we've we've crossed them, yeah. right? Um, which white people don't be offended. Don't be offended. This is how most minorities feel. like they're <laughs> left out of a lot of stories. Yeah, amen. Number two, white people are not in the known world the ancient world white people are not known yeah and the main character is white man yeah in the story yeah 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 so yeah i think i think he's doing some other things there sure. making the character a white person and god oh, everything
1: outside of whiteness oh he's totally tearing down uh, perspectives <laughs> yeah um uh, and and challenging those those boxes that we put god in and this is a deal like the holy spirit is not um, personified Really, uh, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, and so how do you personify? You, you know, and so I, I mean, I think he makes a bold choice, um, but the truth is, I mean, it's really the spirit that we interact with, yeah, on a daily basis. Like Jesus is a physical man, and some theologians will disagree with the perspective I'm about to offer. But Jesus yeah, is they're a, they're
0: wrong. I, I don't say okay. that very often. Well, they're wrong in this one.
1: Yeah, uh, uh, charity. Um, so Jesus is a physical man who has ascended to the right hand of the father. He's
0: in his deified body.
1: Yeah. I don't have a little bitty Jesus taking up residence in my heart. Heart. (laughs) Right. Um, he's not knocking at the door of my, you know, whatever rib cage trying to get into my, my heart. Um, but I am filled with the spirit. Yeah,
0: Jesus says, I will give you my spirit.
1: Yeah, pour out the spirit, right? And so it's although we talk to Jesus, we pray to Jesus, I believe that we can hear Jesus. Um, it's really the spirit that we have the most interaction with. It's really the spirit that we are the closest with. It's really the spirit that we uh, regularly develop. And by regularly, I mean like hour by hour, day by day, develop a relationship with and... Um, encounter God yeah. through the spirit. I mean, we relate with God through his spirit It's it's the Holy spirit. That is our, our tether yeah. uh, to the Trinity. Um, and so, and it's, and the other cool part about the spirit is that the spirit is also not just for me. The Holy spirits in this room right now, uniting you and I, the spirit is a communal uh, force and connection between us as the body of Christ, as the people of God. The Holy Spirit is working in this moment through that camera lens, through this microphone to unite Well House Church and anybody else who might be consuming this content right now. Yeah. Right. And so it's the Spirit that makes the church, which in the creeds, uh, yep. um, that third clause of the Nicene Creed, uh, it's that you find the presence of the church in the third clause, which is about the Holy Spirit spirit yeah not about jesus they're connected yeah. in
0: that final clause yeah and for for us this is why when we were designing our podcast studio setup we incorporated the candle the flame the, the flame is a reminder that we're not here alone
1: yeah that's right that that's good. the
0: spirit is with us and we just so happen to have a restoration partner in Eliza rising who makes
1: candles. Yeah. Great candle by the way. Yeah.
0: And so we chose to use their candle, but the purpose of a candle was to remind us that we're not alone in these conversations. Yeah, that's that, so that good. The spirit is here with us. And so I think another thing that I think helpful in that metaphor that you've talked about is in the story of the shack, we often find the spirit, the ethereal Asian woman, Tending the garden.
1: Yeah. Right. Which I think you just said it. Yeah. It goes back to like, who does the work in us, right? Who does the work to, because if you remember the main character in the shack, maybe you've not read it though. Um, We've pushed
0: people to read it. Yeah, so it's, hopefully it's, they it's have. great.
1: It's great. Uh, but one of the things I'm trying not to like give away a bunch of spoilers is yeah. why I'm pausing here. But one of the things that the main character has to do is dig out some roots. Yeah. Of bitterness of yep. fear Yep. Of, of real pain, um, if trauma, not, real trauma. Like it's hard to read the book and not cry it, anyways. I don't want to give it too much weight, but, um, and when he has to do that hard work of rooting out those broken places and those bad perspectives, uh, it's the spirit who helps him do that. And yeah. she does that by taking him to the garden and like getting in the dirt yep, and pulling weeds and pulling out roots. Yep. Um, and then replanting, right?
0: Yeah. So there, there's something you're not just pulling that out, yeah. but you're putting something else in its place. Yeah.
1: And that's the work of the Spirit. That's what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit is this uh, very powerful force that reveals God to us moment by moment, but it's also the Holy Spirit that is the helper, right? Jesus says, I'm going to send you one who is the helper. Yeah. Uh, to, what's, what's the Spirit supposed to help us with? Uh, sanctification. To be sanctified is to be made holy. Who's going to do that work? The spirit that is holy. Yeah. Right? And so that's the work of the spirit in us is to pull those things out of us that have not yet um, uh, submitted to Christ or like have not come into the kingdom yet. It's the Holy Spirit that reveals those things and gives us the strength, the power, the motivation um, the community. I think yeah. it's vitally important to remember that the community plays a part in us becoming whole and becoming sanctified and that's all under the work of the Spirit.
0: Yeah, uh, yes. I think all of that is 100% vital. So let's talk just briefly about this idea of Spirit being the same word for breath and wind.
1: okay. Yeah,
0: um, so, I have a hot
1: take on this, but go ahead. Ask your question.
0: Okay, so the way that I communicate this to people is if our interaction with the Godhead were a a journey, mm-hmm. Jesus is the doorway. Okay, the Spirit is the hallway that gets us to the Father, which is the room we're trying to get to.
1: Oh, interesting. I like the, I like the analogy. So the image.
0: with that, for me, um, I think about that as the omnipresent element of God, yeah. that the spirit is everywhere. There's, there's breath inside of human beings, but yet there's wind outside of us.
1: Wow. That's really cool. I've, I've not thought about it like that before. Um, yeah, I mean, you see Ruach show up in the Old Testament at the in, in the beginning. Um, God breathes life into humanity, um, and I, yeah, I'm still breathing. Right. I said I had a hot take. Here's my hot take, Cullen. Um, show me a human that is without breath. They're dead. They're dead. So to live is to breathe. And if we take the biblical account, it looks like to breathe is to be filled with God's own breath. Yeah. So obviously we come from evangelical backgrounds where we real want to figure out who's in and who's out, who's saved and who's going to hell. Um, and I'm not making a statement on, you know, salvation here. Um, but what I am saying is I believe that every human being being made in the image of God is filled with the spirit.
0: So at All least, of them. At least some um, less measurable experience of the Spirit. That whole idea of being made in the image and likeness of God and having life breathed into them. Because it's, it's also interesting, we get that metaphor that that they're made in the image of God
1: Yeah.
0: in Genesis 1. It's not until Genesis 2
1: uh, yeah, yeah.
0: that... Adam is created from the dust of the ground and life is breathed into him. But then when they sin, that breath is not extracted.
1: But they do die. Right. Yeah, so they will die a physical death and they do die a spiritual death, right? But he's still breathing. He's yeah. still alive, right? There is this tension and and this is a bit paradoxical which, you know, Old Testament a lot of Old Testament theology is perfectly comfortable with paradox, but, um, yeah. And so we're all still, we're all still in some way breathing that same original breath. Yeah. Even Jesus. Right. So I promise I'm going somewhere with this. So they're like, man, Cullen brought this heretic onto the podcast today.
0: <laughs> hey man, this is perspectives. perspective. Here's my perspective. I never said you would agree with the perspective. <laughs> um,
1: so here's the deal. Like even Jesus is, I believe that Jesus has, it has the Holy Spirit. At age, uh, at birth, at age 12, right? Uh, at age 30. But when he is baptized, right? We have two different accounts of his baptism. When he's baptized, we know that the Father says, Behold my Son, in whom I am well pleased. And the Holy Spirit descends upon him like a dove yeah. and anoints him. Yeah, rest
0: remains upon him.
1: Yeah. So we know. Are we going to say that Jesus didn't have the Holy Spirit before that? Of course he did. Of course he did. But there was something significant about that moment where he received a new measure or I don't know what the right language is, like more of the spirit or a second baptism or a baptism of the spirit. He received the spirit in a fresh way, in a new way. It's not that he was void of the spirit. Prior to his baptism.
0: Yeah, that's an interesting point because we talk about the spirit being the um, a supernatural element of the Godhead present with us. Mm-hmm. So when Jesus commissions the disciples to go out, yep. he tells them to go do miracles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which means they need some dispensation of the spirit. They need a little order- bit of power. They got to have some power. And they apparently have some, because then we get that weird element where they try to cast out a demon and it doesn't work, and then Jesus has got to come in, and yeah. and he does that whole thing about you curse and wicked generation, whatever. I think
1: the demon beats him up. Anyways, go ahead.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so with that, they have to have some expression of power. Yeah. And then when Jesus leaves and the sins- They got
1: to go to an upper room and wait for what?
0: They gotta wait for the spirit
1: they gotta wait for the one whom I am sending, yeah in Jesus yeah, words, so that's John's will come upon you,
0: yeah, and so then we get that at Pentecost, mm-hmm. but then we have that story in I think it's acts fifteen or sixteen where Paul meets the guys that are the disciples of John mm-hmm, and they're like, well, we've only received we received the baptism by John, yeah. And he's like, well, you need the baptism of the Spirit? Yep. There are two very different interpretations of what that is. Yeah. Right? So a traditional Baptist interpretation or uh, non-charismatic interpretation would be that these people received the baptism of John, which means that the messianic elements haven't been fulfilled. Right. John dies before Jesus. Right, right. So they're not quote-unquote Christians
1: Yeah.
0: because uh, they don't have the full story. A charismatic or a Pentecostal interpretation would be this is a baptism of the spirit. Right. This is like where you get supernatural elements. This is where you get miraculous healing a second and, baptism. and tongues and interpretation and all those types of things. So it is interesting that we see elements of the spirit's present. If we believe that the spirit is God's working through humans mm-hmm. in the world, then we see that at a varying degree. Yeah. Now, for me personally, in my own theology, I don't have a hiccup with that because I believe in dispensations of grace. Okay. So just like we're talking about, I think an element of this, it's by the grace of God that we're breathing.
1: Yeah. It's yeah.
0: by the grace of God that we woke up this morning. Yeah. It's by the grace of God that we weren't killed in the car when we went to lunch today. There are elements and varying levels of dispensations of grace. Yeah that come to a place where it is saving grace. Mm. That doesn't mean that there's not expressions and shows of grace outside of saving grace. So in the same way, it doesn't hurt my theology to say that there are varying dispensations of the activity of the spirit in a person's life.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's never bothered me either. I mean, I come from a charismatic background, just in terms of my church tradition. I mean, I've kind of, I've kind of been in uh, evangelical, uh, a more conservative evangelical tradition, as well as a more charismatic um, tradition. It's never really bothered me the concept of yeah. I mean, some people have more experience with the Holy Spirit, um, and I don't even necessarily. think Think that, yeah, I, there are some traditions within Christianity, especially American Christianity, that would make this argument that, like, you have to receive the Holy Spirit in a very specific way through a specific um, leader in the church, and that needs to be evidenced in very specific ways. Most often we talk about tongues or Speaking some tongues, other gift, but tongues, tongues tends yeah. to be the one. Um,
0: so this would be. I mean, this is public record, so this would be the Assembly of God.
1: Yeah, UPC. uh, um, Very Pentecostal tradition. Yeah.
0: The Vineyard would be a charismatic tradition that doesn't have those kinds of um, strict guidelines on how that happens, but most... Uh, Pentecostal expressions have those kind of rigidity in there.
1: Yeah, but, you know, like third wave charismatic traditions usually think that, yeah, I mean, when you get baptized in the Spirit, you might speak in tongues, you might not, you're still saved, right? And so there is the there is this, like, some people have more of the Spirit than others. That doesn't bother me.
0: Well, right? and even Paul seems to have that. So in First Corinthians 14, he tells the Corinthian church, to pursue or right. earnestly desire
1: right. these other gifts. Sure. Sure. And even when you think about the Old Testament, like there are instances where I don't have a Bible on well me, but which is a terrible idea to be on Pints and Perspectives without Dude, a Bible. Dude, we're doing theology. I know. <laughs> that's a joke. Uh, that's a classic Bible versus theology joke. Yeah. Um, but, you know, even in the Old Testament, there are prophets who the Spirit has to come upon. Yeah. Yeah so that they might prophesy, yep. right? There's schools of prophets that the Spirit has to come upon so that they might prophesy. Does that mean that they didn't have any presence of God in their life? I just don't think so, right? Um, yeah. And so what does that mean for us, though? Like, why is any of that important? I think it's important because there should be – we talk about pursuing God, developing relationship with God um, – you know, loving God. I think there should be, as you mentioned a second ago, the Apostle Paul says this too. I think there should be a pursuit of the Holy Spirit. Like we should want to uh, relate with the Holy Spirit in greater ways. We should want greater measures of God's own Spirit to fill us. And I, I'm not saying that that always manifests in these charismatic expressions and giftings. It might. Maybe you do prophesy. Maybe you do pray for somebody and they're miraculously healed. Um, maybe food multiplies. Maybe you raise the dead. All of these are promises in the New Testament. Yeah, um, but maybe, well, Jesus says greater things than I have John done. John fourteen, man. Well,
0: you you will do. You're gonna
1: do. You're gonna and do. Jesus greater.
0: does all that. He resuscitates people he does exorcisms miraculous healings yeah all those things everything
1: he miraculously feeds people but maybe your greater increase of the spirit in your life looks like uh, making a donation to a homeless shelter Mm. volunteering with elijah rising to go out on the street and pray for those who are being victimized by sexual exploitation yeah maybe that's what Mm. a greater presence of the spirit in your life looks like. I would say all of that is valid. All of that is necessary for the body of Christ.
0: Yeah. And all of that is um, experiences and work of the spirit. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. I think that's important to remember. Um, I will say that by and large, I think Conservative, non-charismatic evangelical traditions have virtually replaced the spirit functionally with the Bible. Sure, um, and so I do. I do think that we need to name that. I think that does exist.
1: Well, there's also whole wings of uh, uh, of evangelicalism that are cessationist. That would yeah, 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 that would make a theological, biblical argument that the work of the spirit is done.
0: At least in some of those very supernatural <laughs> Charismatic ways. Charismatic things, yeah. Um, which I think this is a, a side note for the theology people. If you're a cessationist, you have to be a dispensationalist. Like, there's just no way to be in the covenant scheme or the new covenant scheme or paradigm and be a cessationist. Yeah, It doesn't fit the system.
1: It doesn't compute in my theological system. I don't know how you do that, but... Um, But if you're also a cessationist, it's cool. We still love you. Jesus loves you.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: I'll I'll pray for you to receive this. Receive the spirit. Sorry. (laughs) That's
0: so. (laughs) I think I got culling. Yeah, (laughs) I'm dying over here. That's so good. We'll pray for you to receive the spirit. (laughs) You'll
1: let me lay hands on you. Yeah.
0: So I, I. That's a very interesting point. I was fascinated with this. Um. I'm reading through Acts right now.
1: There's a lot of Holy Spirit in Acts. Yes, if you didn't know, spoiler alert:
0: (laughs) kind of the whole purpose (laughs) of Acts is to look at how the Spirit is. And if you don't know, Luke and Acts are written by the same person. Yeah. And Luke seems to be volume one of the story. Yeah. In which the work of Jesus is manifested. Mm -hmm. Acts seems to be volume two in which the work of Jesus is manifested through the church through the people of God. That's right. So if you ever want to know how the church was supposed to act, go to
1: Acts. Go look at their acts. Yeah,
0: go look at narrative. I think this is something that we've done a terrible job of in evangelicalism is we've went to Paul to develop our doctrines and we've forsaken the narrative.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And so with that, because of that, um it's also important to remember that we always pick and choose where we get our theology from in the Bible. Of course. and Because we have those that Thessalonian verse in from Paul to not stifle the Spirit.
1: Mm-hmm. There's also, Jesus talks about blaspheming the Spirit, which is a oh, whole other yeah, thing. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a whole
0: other thing. Um, which for my own theology, the only thing that's unforgivable yeah. is the rejection of redemption. Yeah. So I think there's a whole other element about the Spirit's role in redemption.
1: Oh, that it's the work of the Spirit that redeems us. It's the work yeah. of the Spirit that sanctifies us.
0: Jesus yeah. is the gateway yeah. to redemption, the, Yeah. which is the work of the Holy Spirit.
1: Without a doubt. It
0: is. And this is another thing that I think for my personal soteriology, so study of salvation, because of that, justification, sanctification, and glorification – can't be fixed things they're not points on a map
1: they're oh i need a whiteboard cullen where's the whiteboard i could let's let's diagram this anyways keep going so
0: (laughs) no whiteboard we have a map to remind us that the world's bigger than us amen um but for me those are not if if your life in christ if justification is the starting place where you get in the car yeah Sanctification is everything from that point to glorification, which is at your death and final redemption. Sure. I don't think those are that fixed for Paul. Um, I think those are much more fluid. And especially if we want to call the work of the spirit in redemption, aren't we all constantly consistently being redeemed and we're calling that sanctification?
1: Well, Cullen, as you may or may not know, I ascribe to uh, my, my so- soteriological system is theosis. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so uh,
0: could you, I'm not sure I know what that is. <laughs>
1: <laughs> ben Blackwell's getting a lot of love here today. Uh, our great teacher, our rabbi.
0: It's my soteriology too.
1: Um, there has to be a never-ending progression of... All of those things, yeah. justification, sanctification, um, constantly, yeah, and um, unto glorification, which I kind of would argue doesn't happen until resurrection. Which yeah. when's that going to happen? Uh huh.
0: Well, it hadn't happened yet, right? But well, that's, that's for sure. Saying. We don't see the dead people walking around.
1: Yeah, and so again, why does this conversation matter for you, the listener? Um, well, if you're in Christ, there should be a daily working out of that salvation th- that is the justification, the sanctification, right, um, unto the glorification, and that's you're that's not that work is impossible separated from the Holy Spirit. Yeah, it's His job.
0: Yeah, it's literally what He's here for.
1: Yeah, or she.
0: Yeah, or she <laughs> maybe yeah. she's an
1: Asian woman. I don't know. Yeah,
0: maybe maybe so. Maybe maybe she's a black woman.
1: Is there um, ever I have a question for you, uh host Okay Cullen. Is there ever a point in the scriptures where someone prays to the Holy Spirit, speaks to the Ruach or Numa? It's kind of a trick question. I put him on the spot. This was not planned.
0: Yeah, this was totally not planned. Um
1: obviously I have an answer.
0: Yeah, obviously you have an answer. I'm <laughs> racking my brain here. Um Well, if it would be if it were in the Old Testament, that would be very weird theology, because you only pray to Yahweh. It's only in the
1: old testament. Really? I'm gonna mess you up.
0: Where do you see in the old testament?
1: Okay. Um I could be grasping at straws here. Uh, Some of the more adept theologians might call me a heretic. The only place I can find in Scripture where someone speaks to or prays to, the third person of the Trinity is Ezekiel. And God says, Ezekiel, speak to the breath, speak to the wind. Ooh. And tell it to come into the dry bones. Now, oh, 37. Yeah, 37.
0: Oh, my God. I totally missed that reference so, so i champion okay go ahead ezekiel 37 because it is the jewish identity of first corinthians 15 it is general resurrection oh interesting so that, that whole valley of dry bones that's yeah. dead oh yeah and so when the messiah comes there is no more death yeah the dead will live
1: so you equate that with the First Corinthians passage? This is fascinating because who in the Old Testament pneumat—I mean, sorry—in New Testament pneumatology, who's responsible for resurrection in the Trinity?
0: Oh, it's God the Father.
1: No, yeah, the he, Apostle Jesus, Paul in Romans doesn't he say that it is the Spirit that Jesus Christ is resurrected by the Spirit? Ooh, it's, it's the Holy Spirit. So he does that say that raises Jesus but from the dead
0: in Acts two. At Peter's sermon at Pentecost. Okay. And at um, Acts 13, Paul's sermon, Hmm. God raised him from the dead.
1: Interesting, interesting. Because I think Paul in Romans says, uh, again, I should have a Bible on pints and perspectives, but I th- believe he says something to the effect of, like, uh, we know that uh, Jesus Christ was raised by the Spirit and the very same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. This might be Romans 8. The oh, very he same does Spirit that, that yeah. raised Jesus from the dead is now alive in us, and it causes us he to cry out that. to God and say, Abba, Father. Oh. So if you're linking another Pauline Paul idea in 1 Corinthians of resurrection and going back to Ezekiel 37... And 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 drawing this connection of of resurrection, that's fascinating. That God would tell Ezekiel to call out to the ruach, yeah, to bring about hey, resurrection of the dead. Hey, that's the point uh, that I was trying to make. That's that's brilliant.
0: Yeah, that is so. That is that is very interesting. I had not thought about that comparison because um, he does he does say speak to. The wind.
1: Uh, if you read it in the Hebrew, it's the ruach.
0: Yeah, speak to the breath.
1: I don't know. Um, I'm just I'm just shooting from the hip here and drinking hoppadilla.
0: Yeah, no. That's what we do here. That's that's why this podcast is so good, is because it's just it's taproom conversation. Tap room. Um
1: map room. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> the dad jokes are tap alive room, today. Map room.
1: All right, what else? What else? I mean, it's a long podcast at this point, but what else do you want to know about pneumatology? Yes,
0: we're about to wrap this one up, and and maybe, depending on time, we may go into another one, I'm not sure yet. But one thing that um, I think is important is, I think we've pretty much defined that the Spirit is the active agent in the world on behalf of the Godhead. Yeah. So what that means is, as you are a person going about your day, trying to live faithful, living to Jesus allegiance to the kingdom of God. It is the spirit with which you are communing. Yeah. Um, so for us, when we are on practicing presence or we're on, let's talk, uh, and we're having those conversations about faith and spirituality that those are conversations about the role of the spirit. Yeah. And, and what he is up to. And that's why I say all the time that I want to bring in lots of voices. Uh, my goal as the pastor of Wellhouse is not to make little Cullens. Yeah, right, my right. goal is not to indoctrinate you so that you believe exactly like me. My goal is for you to find restoration through Jesus any which way yeah. I can facilitate that for you. Yeah. And so what that means most of the time is that... The spirit is at work in people outside of Pastor Cullen. Yeah. And so there are any number of people that can speak to the work and evidence of the spirit. Yeah. And it manifests itself in ways far beyond my own understanding and imagination.
1: Yeah. That's the way it should be. I think that's that's the way the church was always intended to be.
0: That's the beauty of the church.
1: It is the role of the spirit to be the force within the church that propels us into the streets, that causes us to lay our life down and love that, that, that puts us in places of in positions of power and influence, not to make little bitty versions of ourselves, but to encourage people to engage with the spirit, to follow him where he may lead. Yeah, that is the kingdom.